Good afternoon, Stephen. Good to be back with you doing a Thursday finance while Jane's away. Yeah, when's she, when's she back, Mark? Oh, she'll be back with you next week. So. Oh, well, she, she hasn't gone far. No, it's just for today. Oh, okay. uh, and uh, also my first run back with Henry Jennings since he's been back with Henry's us too. Henry's back too. He's been back for a little while, so you can you can ring him up and ask him about whatever you want to ask him about. <laughs> we'll do that. And some other things happening, particularly in around home ownership today. Yeah, we're going to talk about tips for buying your first home um, and the uh, roundup on the market and the currencies and commodities. Let's kick off the program taking a look at uh, where the currencies and commodities are at. Um, yeah, Mark's a bit all over the place this week. So the, the gold price, um, the gold price has broken through uh, the two thousand dollars AUD. So it's two thousand and nine dollars and sixty nine cents uh, an ounce Australian dollars. So up fifty seven dollars and 24 cents in the week i mean that's a combination of the gold price actually going up and the a dollar falling is that a large jump around the 57 dollars uh, that's a reasonably large jump you're talking about two and a half percent a week okay yeah so um it makes australian gold miners of course more profitable um the the copper price was up 88 dollars and 66 cents a ton and the crude oil price was up five dollars and nine cents a barrel to 94 dollars and 93 cents so the currencies, uh, they're a bit of a mixed bag here. Um, the, we're, we're up against the uh, US dollar to a 69.86, which is up uh, 0.63 cents on the week. Uh, the Great British Pound, we're up about 1% against that, which is 55.04 pence. Uh, the New Zealand dollar, we're down about half a cent to $1.04. And against the euro, we're 0.6143 euro cents, which is uh, pretty much the same as we were last week. So the equity markets, uh, the equity markets are a bit down this week. Um, um, so we're down um, 51.8 points on the All Ordinaries. The S&P 500 was down 40.4 points to 2,913. The UK FTSE was down 8 points to 7,416. So so around the world, the equity markets were generally generally um, down. Um the, the stocks, uh, a couple of stocks that local investors like to support, um, were a bit of a mixed bag. Um, um, the BAHP was broke through the $41 and closed yesterday at $41.16, which is up $0.31 cents on the week. Uh, CBA was down $0.70 cents on the week, which is $82.19. CBA's made a, quite a good recover from all the criticism they copped in the the Royal Commission, the price went dropped down, but now it's getting back towards record highs. So maybe everybody's sort of moving on from that now. Yeah. And the other stock that's very interesting is um, uh, uh, NHF, which is uh, NIB. It's up uh, another $0.07 cents on the week to $7.75. So it's gone up almost a dollar since um, the beginning, the end of May. So... Uh, NIB shareholders, of which there's a huge number in this region, are doing very well. Um, and particularly since most of them didn't pay any or got them as part of their membership. Yep. And uh, Telstra was uh, was down four cents to three dollars eighty two. Uh, the fuel price, uh, Newcastle uh, unleaded dollar thirty eight point eight, which is down three point seven cents. And Sydney is a dollar fifty two point seven, which is up fourteen point nine cents. Uh, Gee, that's a bit of a bit of a, a, bit of a uh, good increase down there. Bigger, yeah, and they can come up and buy some of our fuel. And the diesel price, a dollar forty nine point five in Newcastle, which is down a dollar ten, and a dollar forty six, a dollar forty five point two in Sydney, which is down ninety cents. So, as you said, mate, a bit all over the place this week there. A bit all over the place, but if you've got some NIB shares, you're definitely wealthier. <laughs> a little bit. A little or, bit. 
to NURFM 103.7 as we continue with Thursday Finance. Stephen Pritchard is here and uh, joining us on the line is Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. And, uh, so of course, uh, Henry, glad to have you back with us. Of course, how are you going with the end of financial year sales? Have you been able to replace that $700 pair of shoes yet? Oh, I knew you'd, uh, I knew you'd raise that one. Um, no, they're still going strong, my $700 pair of shoes, I have to say. I'm still very happy with them. What do you reckon, Stephen? He's getting his money worth out of them? Uh, yeah, but that being said, the, the R.M. Williams boots are up around that now. Um, R.M. Williams boots are frighteningly expensive. Yeah. The last the last pair I bought new was from Gowings in Sydney, which was shows you how long ago that was. They don't even exist anymore. I think they were about $220. They are about 600 bucks now. Yeah, I bought a, but but you know they were good value in that because I yeah. I, I bought a pair about oh, fifteen years ago, and mm. they've been resold numerous times, but they're still great. So, yeah, well that, that that is the joy of them. I have a, a number of pairs, and I've tried, I've done the reselling thing, but unfortunately they've they've got beyond that yeah, now. Got beyond that, but you know, yeah, but, but they, they still, do last a long time. Yeah, Sometimes it pays to buy quality. Yeah. But, of yeah. course, they've put the resoling price up too now. That's gone up. Oh, yeah. It's almost another pair of shoes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyhow, so, so, so let's talk about some fun. Fletcher Building. Fletcher Building said that the housing construction won't rebound until 2020, 21, which, of course, they, they supply building materials. Yeah. Well, it seems a long time away, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Um, I, I guess there are tentative signs that um, housing is recovering, certainly. Um, you see that in um, the, the uh, auction clearance rates, although the stock is limited, and I think uh, both buyers and sellers have got a little bit more realistic in their uh, aspirations and their hopes and dreams for their pricing. But um, yeah, I guess you know we, we've yet to see the huge surge in confidence that uh, was supposed to come from uh, the federal election, and also rate cuts that we've seen from the RBA. Maybe it's because it's winter and we're all hunkered down and maybe the spring uh, if we get another rate cut as well we'll uh, see property start to uh, to move back into a, a more positive environment but certainly you know up, up our way um, there doesn't seem to be any shortage of work for tradies I have to say so, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's no shortage of work here but I, but I, I've got this builder doing some work for me and um, it seems to be getting done a lot quicker now so I think that the backlog's mm. kind of disappearing. Right. Yeah. Well, that, well that, that could be good. If they're doing it quicker, it means maybe they're trying to move on to the next job. Yeah, well, that's right. We're trying to get at the next job. Um, yeah. Or not as many jobs to go from, from one to another. No, no. Yeah. Could be the way of things. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah. Um, another building industry, GWA, which makes those uh, Coroma toilets and sinks mm. and all that type of things for bathrooms. Mm. Uh, they're looking on how to make their bathroom fittings more suitable for Australia's ageing population, which I thought was quite interesting. Well, I guess it's, it's, it makes complete sense, doesn't it? The, these guys uh, are, are looking at ways, as you say, and, and with an ageing population, you need to make things more user-friendly. I'm, I'm not sure you could be more user-friendly than the current uh, toilet. Um, yeah, I was a bit mystified. I mean, Alice has got a button it's, it's on It's kind of it. been like that for a, lot, a long time. It's one of the few things in life that has kind of remained a constant, that um, the toilet is the toilet is the toilet, and they, they look a bit super-duper, some of them, and I'm sure the GWA do some super-duper ones, but effectively it's not that dissimilar. Um, I, you know, I have seen ones that uh, enable you to... To um, 
use a slightly different position, which helps apparently. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe they're heading down that track. It's um, I'm not, not not really sure we should go into it, Stephen. I suppose they could have electronic ones. Well, so you don't have, have to push the button. Ones. Maybe they hang out with the one that presses the button, or yeah. or you have one that um, is sort of a, a B day included as well, so you don't have to no, do anything. Don't, don't at all. Go got to say, Henry. No. Got to say, Henry. When I woke up this morning, I thought this would be the last thing that we'll be talking about on Thursday Finance today. Oh, yeah. well, well, out a maybe, maybe, maybe it should be the last thing we talk about. Anyhow, <laughs> let's talk about afterpay shares and how they've now rebounded. <laughs> This is this has been an interesting roller coaster ride, I guess, for um, for shareholders. At first, first started off with uh, Afterpay uh, raising some money, around three hundred and eleven million bucks, to uh, expand in the U.S. and marketing, etc., and, and get the sales team up. The founders sold down some shares, and they revealed that Oztrack were looking at them for anti-money laundering mm-hmm. uh, issues um, and um, identity issues that we've seen in the past, going back years. Uh, after pay sort of said, hey, you know, well, it's not a, a big issue, then it was a bigger issue, and now they've come out and said that the founders won't sell any more shares until, I think, the end of financial year 2020, mm-hmm. uh, which is good, because they originally said that we could, you know, we won't sell any more for 120 days, which is only four months, that's not very long. Um, and the market seems to have chirped up to after pay again, and uh, they're back up to um, nearly all-time highs, $27.50. So, um, yeah, and the, um, the capital raising was done at 23 bucks. so a lot more happy people out there. They have appointed, uh, I think, external auditors to look at, um, independent auditors to look at uh, how they handle uh, anti-money laundering provisions and all those sorts of things. So there is some change going on, and this, this is natural, I guess, with companies as they grow up. Um, you know, you start off as a small startup, and suddenly you're a six billion dollar company with with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of customers. It takes a little while sometimes for your regulatory procedures to catch up with where they should be for a company of that size. And maybe this is a sign of growing pains, and maybe this is a sign that they're addressing them. But twenty seven dollars fifty is a, is a big price, isn't it? Big price. And big the, price. And at the other end of the scale, something hit a four-year low last I saw. And mm. It's got a class actually gets that may cost up to two hundred and forty million. So uh, yeah, well, uh, this Domino's, my yes. favourite, my favourite pizza company that I hate you with don't a passion. Like the pizza, do you? I hate the pizza. I hate. I think the, the yeah. I think it's um, it's it's a it's a bit of a yeah. I mean, franchising is is a strange business because mm-hmm. you know retail is tough as it is. Selling five dollar pizzas to people who walk in the door and paying kids ten bucks an hour to deliver pizza or whatever they they pay is 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 a really tough business when consumers slow down. And, and let's face it, there's a lot more choice out there in terms mm-hmm. of Uber Eats and all these kind of things now to get your your better, much better pizza delivered. And all the all the crock of um, you know of them being a tech company. I mean, really, uh, you know that was that was never the case. And it looks like you know that there's now the franchisees are taking them to court over underpayment and uh, of employees and telling them basically to put them on the wrong award and all this sort of stuff. So it's it's not a good look again. But the, you know, <laughs> this go, this goes to the heart of the problems with the franchise industry. You know, by the time the shops made some money. And then they have mm-hmm. to pay some of those profits up to the head office, which then is also trying to make as much money as possible for shareholders in the head office business. It's really hard if you're only selling pizzas for five bucks. 
I, I don't know how they can do it. I mean, there's a new pizza place open up here, and and oh, look, like about three or four months ago, and they, mm. I think their cheapest one is twenty to twenty three dollars. Yeah. People are literally queuing out the doors to get in there. Well, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a pizza snob, as you know, and I'd rather pay twenty bucks, twenty five bucks for a, a really decent pizza than than uh, you know one of the deals where you get two large pizzas, a bottle of coke, your, your head combed, and a, and a hairdo for yeah. you know, for thirty dollars. Um, so, you know, yeah, so we got something the other week. If you're going to eat carbs, I reckon you should eat good carbs. We got some the other week and they were very nice. They were yeah. very nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. quality, quality as far yeah. as pizza goes. Yeah, so uh, we'll just talk about apparently uh, the UK regulator now claims that, that links broke the spirit of the rules, not the actual rules. Yeah, so. this, is, this is what they call um, regulatory arbitrage, they're calling it. They've got a very high-profile um, stock guy in the UK who had a fund called Neil Woodford, and he shifted his assets um, to the Jersey Stock Exchange. I didn't even know there was one at the moment. Mm, um, but the Jersey Stock Exchange to avoid breaching liquidity rules. Um, so that does, um, and Link were the guys that were basically the platform that he used for his fund. So they've been complicit in, in Neil uh, moving those assets, and, and they, the the, um, the ASX, um, well, the financial regulator in the UK, the Financial Conduct Authority, uh, is now saying it breached the spirit of the rules in allowing uh, Mr. Woodford to do this. So, um, yeah. It's um, it's not good, not, not a good look. And Link have been under a lot of pressure in the UK. Brexit really hasn't, um, you know, kind of helped them. I have to say. So. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, you know, if that's what the rules say, you know, Link's got Link's in a very difficult position here because if the rules allow it, yeah. and the client wants it, yeah, you know, Link's got a problem if they don't follow client instructions. You can't argue with the client. That's- uh, Especially oh, if it's yeah. in accordance with the law. Yeah, well, that's right. It may be against the spirit of the law, but you know we've we've seen that in um, in sport, in all sorts of yeah. things where the um, you know the spirit of the law and, and what people actually do, you know the actual law is uh, is somewhat different. Mm. So yes, doesn't help, doesn't help reputation and trust, etc., which is always in in short supply for some of these stocks from time to time, and it doesn't help the share price, which yeah. continues to be you know. It's, Ago. That's right. So, it was an institutional uh, placement, $8, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it's been a, been a rough ride. I'm sure there's a class action or two in the wings there. It seems to be quite trendy these days. Yes. Well, what well, worse has got this checkout free trial? I'm, I'm not actually, couldn't work out where it actually is, but basically you, you kind of go in there, put your stuff in your bag and then walk out. Yeah, I think there's people that do that already. Yeah, I know, but uh, that's not quite the same <laughs> walking out the Woolworths is thinking of. It's been yeah. trialled for about 100 years, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think most of Australia was, bought, was built on people that were doing that. In the early days, not when you came over, Henry. <laughs> yeah. Or were you? Um, <laughs> no, no. Um, but, yeah, it, this is something, um, I believe, um, from memory, um, Amazon were doing something similar where you could just basically walk in and facial recognition and, and what have you would um, would be able to recognise who you were, charge you for what you bought because they could sense when it came off the shelf. Um, I think they abandoned that trial. Um, so, yeah, but it's an, I guess it's another step down the, the highway to um, the highway to hell in terms of jobs for, um, for people with the checkout disappearing.
disappearing. Mm-hmm. We've got you know, a, a big focus now on the uh, automatic checkouts that um, take away people, and you just have to ask someone when you stuff it up and you, you're mm-hmm. not in the bagging area properly and you haven't put your foot in the right place. Which is every uh, single time. Uh, which, is, which is every single item, yeah. There's or, something or, wrong or, with the checkouts at Woolworths now, I tell you. They've they reprogrammed them and it, you know, they don't mm. work properly. No, no, I've got to say that I'm forever um, not in the right part yep. of the bagging area, and yep. and I'm sure there's an awful lot of people that do the um, the mushroom swap and the tomato swap, um, you know, for the high price and the <laughs> well, low no, price ones. That. Oh, that doesn't happen. <laughs> so, sure. I mean, this is this is a brave job because I've got this facial recognition on my phone. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it works. Like probably about eighty percent of the time, it works. Yeah. The but, times it doesn't work, you actually have to go and have a look in the mirror to see well, what's wrong with you. I, I was speaking to the woman at Maybe that's just me. a couple of weeks ago, and it didn't work, and she said, oh, I said, oh, that's all right, I've got the card here. She said, well, we had a customer in the other day and only had their phone, and, and that was it. They couldn't get anything. So, oh, really? Yeah. Cause it, yeah, well, I mean, this is, this is the, I've had this, this problem as well. You know, when you're, when you're travelling um, as well and you have your ticket on your phone yep. on for the airline and suddenly your phone you know your phone mm-hmm. runs out of charge mm-hmm. and you're absolutely stuffed That's i had right. this at edinburgh airport once and i was struggling to find a, a powerpoint to uh, to charge my phone so i could actually get on the plane and yeah. it was going to you know it was getting to the stage where i was going to have to run to the to the gate and throw myself on their mercy and, and say look you know you must have some record of me um, because my phone was not charging properly it was so run down yep. um, it's you know we rely on technology such a great deal these days that uh, we just assume it's going to work and sometimes if it doesn't yeah. it's a problem yes that's right uh, yeah there's always there's all, you can always carry a few notes in your, your wallet your well the, the RBA is talking about a, a cash yeah. well not a cashless society but certainly a society that has far less cash in circulation, which, given their spelling, uh, is probably not a bad thing, as they uh, stuffed it <laughs> up on the $50 note. Oh, well. But um, you know, that, that's, that's all right, Henry. Within a year or two, we'll all be using Facebook's cryptocurrency, won't we? No, no, I, think that's, I think that's a way <laughs> off. But hasn't, hasn't Bitcoin been extraordinary? 260-odd percent in the, since the beginning of the year. Um, and it's now, you know, it was up to 13500 bucks US last night and then crashed at 12200 and it's just been extraordinary. So mm-hmm. Facebook is, um, is, is, has certainly lit the blue touch paper and stood well back on this one. Yes, and uh, Hyundai, Hyundai's come out and said the merge between AP Eagles and Automotive Holdings will erode competition. Does, it, does that mean that they, those dirtles will be so big they'll be able to squeeze Hyundai, does it? Well, I guess so, and there's also some concerns, I think, up your way. There were some concerns that yeah. the two of them would have a, a monopoly position in the Hunter and the Newcastle, and there'd be very little choice mm-hmm. in terms of which dealer you go to. Um, yeah, I, I guess that um, if you're that big, you can squeeze your um, supplier, your supplier um, very much so. So um, clearly the, the ACCC has got some issues with it as well at the moment, and they, they're going to have to adjust some things, but you would imagine that... You know, it, it's a bit of a symbiotic relationship, really, between the, the dealer and the, the manufacturer. There's not a lot of, you know, if you want to buy a Hyundai, Hyundai and there's only one place to go, then um, you know you really are stuck. Yeah, but that's the same. Stuff. But that's the same as it is now. I mean, there's only usually oh. one dealer in the area for a particular car, anyhow. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, uh, a, yeah. that's exactly right. You know, that you, there's not four Hyundai no. dealers in a row, no. all offering different prices. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, and selling of cars is another area that hasn't really changed. In, in you know, we we still go through the same process with the showroom. It really hasn't become a digital market where you can submit, um, you know, a, ask for a quote from four dealers and get their best price, and that's it. And they just drop the car to your door, mm-hmm. um, all, all sorted out. Um, really hasn't gone that way. It probably should, but um, it hasn't. I hate the whole. Um, negotiating thing with the actually my wife is really good at it she's, she's very very hard with the negotiation and uh, and uh, and that side of things so she's far better at my own bit of a well, pussy I think right, well there's plenty of margin in those Bentleys of course um, <laughs> yeah or so, my Subaru yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so ASIC's going after the former CEO and uh, CFO of Goldman, Murray Goldman I mean. yeah well Murray Goldman I mean, they were in a lot of trouble over continuous disclosure and all the problems that they had. So, Aztec is certainly um, toughening up on some of this corporate governance, which is which is good to see because I, I think you know these 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 guys have uh, clearly got a case to answer. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's it's it just makes the world a kind of a safer place for investors. I think um, you know there's a class action as well happening there, and uh, they made some announcements in a couple of years ago. Um, talking about farm prices and, and what they were going to be, and then of course, uh, not long after, they had to cut those dramatically and smash the profit forecasts as well. So, um, ASIC's been all over uh, Murray Goldwyn for, for these these issues, and looks like that's going to continue. August the second, I think, is the the date when they're going to be talking, mm-hmm. or in court anyway, or um, a hearing. And just to finish up with Telstra, they're going to implement stronger credit checks. Yeah, so it's a bit I, like afterpay, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, Telstra is, is a weird one. It's been one of the best-performing stocks this year. It's up 51% since the start of the year. It has been the quiet achiever, and I guess this is all to do with 5G and the sex and the sizzle that 5G brings. They've got into a bit of trouble in the Northern Territory um, with uh, selling packages that people don't need and data that uh, suddenly ratchets way out of control and debt's exploding. Um, and it's all, of course, um, linked to all this around proving who you are and, and credit checks and making sure that you're getting the right product, that it actually you know, suits your needs and you can afford it. And, uh, and this is not a bad thing at all. It, you know, it should be incumbent on these, these big companies to make sure that they're not uh, allowing their sales force to just go out there and, and rip uh, clients and customers off with selling them products that really aren't suitable at all for the, for their needs and are going to be an exploding debt time bomb for them, which is going to cripple them and, and force them into serious financial problems. So good move from Telstra, and they're, they're simplifying things as well. And um, as I say, the stock's been a pretty um, sexy performer this year, surprisingly so. Surprisingly, the, the whole old stock like Telstra, we, we've owned it for a long time, um, and um, yeah, it's been, it's been good to us. But it was more um, it was more a yield thing than a sexy um, tech thing, and it's turned into um, a little bit sexier than we thought. So good, good for good for people. The opposite of that other tech stock we were talking about earlier. Um, what Afterpay? The pizza one. Oh, the pizza. Well, that yeah, that, that that's that's the thick crust. Yeah. Uh, tech stock. Okay. We'll be back <laughs> Stuff, next week. Stuffed crust. We'll be back next week in the new year, Henry. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. Happy, Thanks, new, happy end of financial year. Thank you. It is Thursday Finance at 2 and URFM. Back with Stephen Pritchard. And, uh, Stephen, a few uh, tips at the moment for those who may be looking to 
jump into uh, that uh, the Australian dream of home ownership. It can be a bit of a minefield, particularly your first time around. And I'm guessing the first thing we have to do is have a look at our financial situations for, first. Yeah, I, I think I think the first thing you got to do is do a bit of planning here. Uh, you need to look at your financial situation. Uh, you need to, to, to create some kind of budget. You need to work out how much you're going to afford um, from your budget. And then, then probably I'd go along to one of the financial institutions, probably the one that you've got a connection with to start with. I mean, you know, there's a couple of local ones which are very good and there's, there's other people around. Um, um, go along there and they'll be able to tell you... Um, they, they should be able to tell you approximately if you if you take your financial information on, they will tell you approximately how much they'll be able to lend you. Um, so that will be your starting place. And of course, you know, even though they, you know, you know generally the financial institution will lend you eighty percent of the purchase price, subject to your income. So what you need is, uh, apart from the twenty percent of the purchase price, you're going to need, in some cases, to pay stamp duty, um, which which you know that that is not an inconsiderable amount. I mean, I, I, you know, it's not unusual to get a stamp duty bill for fifteen or twenty thousand yeah, dollars. So it, it's not it's not a few hundred. It's not just no, an extra you know, fee. Stamp it's a lot. duty. You know, the the state government has never put stamp duty rates. Uh, the rates are set decades ago, and as the prices of the properties have gone up, the stamp duty component's getting more and more and more. So first home buyers buys below, I think, about 600000 get an exemption from stamp duty, but there's there's a lot of places around here that um, that uh, are, are considerably more than 600000 So you need to budget on uh, your deposit, uh, your stamp duty, your legal costs for your conveyancing, and then, of course, then there's these other things like pest and property inspections and various other bits and pieces that you, you may or may not choose to have done. It's interesting that you mentioned like with the stamp duty and those other costs and that $600 line in the sand there. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times you think, well, start a bit lower, but if you're sort of getting up to that point anyway, you may want to think, well, I don't want to do this and in five or ten years come back and get a, another home, go through the hassle and then stamp duty. So maybe some, depending on your budget, you may want to go up at first time around if yeah well that's right i mean that's right and you, you know you might end up crossing over six i think it's six hundred thousand but you need to check the threshold because mm. it's probably going to change on the first of july goes um, with, and then goes without saying make sure you start saving for that 20 percent plus straight up that's right save for that and then you need to do the budget i mean homes don't you know cost nothing to run i mean you're in there renting a place i suppose at the moment and the landlord's paying for a lot of the repairs and maintenance and and that type of thing, and, and you know, you need to make sure that, that you've got some spare money in case things go wrong, because invariably they do go mm. wrong. Hot water service needs replacing, or the, the, the something goes wrong with the stave, and they're all going to become your costs, whereas at the moment they're probably the landlord costs. Yeah. And even the utilities, your council rates, the water bill, all those you know, rates, monthly water things. Rates, place <coughs> needs to be painted, um, um, yeah. Um, and, of course, the other things is, you know, when you buy the place, you know, you've got to think about um, how you're going to move in. Are you going to, you know, are you going to hire a removalist that's going to cost you another three or four thousand dollars? Are you going to get your mates along and hire a truck? Or, oh, their, their phones will be conveniently off know, for the couple we, of we weeks. Know, we, we know all that. A couple yeah. of beanbags. So, so look, you know, you need to do a bit of planning on on buying um, your house. Then mm. one of the other things is you need to look at the location. I mean, there, there's a there's a bit of a trend around Newcastle and more so in Sydney that people are buying houses to get into certain areas to get their their, their children into various schools. 
So if you want your children to go to a to a to a, a public school, if you're in the area, the school basically has to take you. But if you're outside the area, you can apply. So I know there's people who have we've had some clients that have moved houses so they can get into we've done all that for the school wow. particular high school um, that they wanted their children to go to. That's amazing. I mean, I get it, but I, at the yeah, same time, I don't it's, get it's it. It's quite yeah. prevalent in Sydney, mm. but it's starting to occur here. So mm. particular primary schools are supposedly better than others and particular high schools are supposedly better than others and people will move into those areas. to, to um, And I'm told from some friends in Brisbane that, that certain suburbs are actually higher priced because there's a couple of particularly good high, state high schools that everyone wants to go to. The only way you can get there is if you live in the you area. Live in the area, and that's pushed the prices up. So just bear in mind, you know, where do you do? Where do you work? I mean, it's no use living, buying out somewhere that it's going to take you an hour to get to work, an hour to get home, where or wherever you do is in the city, and you've bought a place out at the back of. An hour plus away. Hour plus away so, so that we don't run out of time, a few obvious things. Make sure that your job's secure and, and, and the lifestyle stuff, which you've kind of had a look at there, Stephen. Um, you, back to the financial institution, you're trying to get that pre-approval and then things like uh, a fixed rate or variable rate come into play for your home loan. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit like tossing the coin. I mean, you know, at the moment, I'd probably look at a variable rate because the, the Reserve Bank's talking about you know further interest rate cuts, Market speculation rates are going to drop again next Tuesday. Uh, some of the fixed rates have already dropped. Um, so, so I wouldn't be rushing in at the moment to uh, to lock in a fixed rate unless, of course, there's a, you know, a significant discount on your fixed rate to your variable rates, which sometimes does occur. Um, you, know, you need to look at that. And you can, also split a, you can also split the rates as well. But bear in mind, if you go to a fixed rate and you want to repay the loan early and rates have, rates have actually uh, gone further down, there can be significant penalties to repay the fixed rates earlier. And just before we run out of town, uh, run out of time rather. Out of town, we're going out of town. Well, we're going out of town if you if you work out of town, I guess. Um, That first homeowners grant. So that's something that's sort of chopped and changed a bit over time, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not quite sure who's eligible and who's not eligible at the moment. So you need to make it. And there was state grants and there was federal grants and. There's, there's ones for different levels of income. So you probably need to do a, a bit of searching to see whether you're any eligible for any of the state or federal government assistance programs. Because um, they're there mm. for special groups and not for other groups. So I, I guess this really just comes back to that planning phase. I mean, it's all very new and exciting, but make sure you've checked all of this stuff. Uh, and if there is a grant and on the make, table you can have, go for ma- it. Make sure you can afford what you're... What you're what you're after. Again, that is a, another tricky thing which we might leave on because um, you, you, you can afford a certain amount, a certain amount of uh, a gear, but then you want to make sure that the home that you buy is going to suit you, your needs for the future, family, that sort of thing. That's the other thing. And the other thing is banks are taking longer and longer to approve the finance. So make sure that, that you've got your approvals done before you sign the commitment. Yeah, you've got to have that finance and everything ready to go. Yeah. Um, are there are a couple of key mistakes that you see a lot of people, well, some people making, other than not other well, than the, the, the major key mistake that, that I see people making is they kind of overcommit themselves because because they don't take into account the the, the stamp duty. I mean, the legal costs are you know, a couple of grand. The big issue is the stamp duty, which can be tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, mm-hmm. on a million dollar property, which isn't isn't so much anymore. Um, you, know, you know, there's lots of million dollars properties around that 
ordinary type mm. people are buying. Um, the stamp duty is $40,000. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a huge amount of money, mm. a huge amount of money. And the state government's making a huge amount of money out of collecting the stamp duty. So, you know, don't underestimate the stamp duty costs. Yeah, it seems to be the big thing and making sure you plan and look at all of those things. Thanks, Stephen. Another Thanks, Thursday Mark. Finance done. See you next year. Yes, next financial year. Fair enough. Uh, Jane will be back with you next Thursday uh, for another Thursday Finance. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>